0: And welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life in excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nlutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email him at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. Let's get growing. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the 22nd chapter. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I'm Pastor Ben, and it is my honor and privilege today to dive into the Word of God with you. Now, I I want you to imagine it's tonight, and everything is coming, right? Your schedule, your obligation, your to-do list, all those things are bearing down on you. And so you set your alarm, you set it a little bit earlier than normal, because you know you have so much to do. You put your phone to the side of your bed, you, you plug it in. And, and as soon as the head, your head hits the pillow, you are asleep, and almost instantly you hear that awful noise. Your phone is going off. Your alarm is going off. It, it's time to get up, and so you you swipe at it, you knock it off the charger, you shut it off, and then you get up. You jump in the shower. You start getting ready. You put on your clothes. Then you go get the kids. You get them out of bed, you get them dressed, you get them fed, you get all their homework and all their projects together, you get them on the bus just in time to get back into your car and go off to work, go off to your busy day. Well, you get into your office and you put your nose down because you have so much to do and you just start grinding it out. But after a while, you start getting tired, you start getting fatigued, you know it's time for lunch, right? You need something to eat. But you didn't have time this morning to make your lunch like you normally do because you were running so fast and, and so hard. So you call your favorite restaurant, they have carryout. you think, well, I'll just reward myself a little bit. I mean, I have a lot to do. I'll stay a little bit later, but it'll be worth it. So you, you pour in your, your favorite order, and you get there. You drive there. You arrive just as it's, it's done. You have your credit card in hand. You walk up to the counter. You pay your bill. Everything's going smoothly. You grab the big plastic bag, and you turn to go back to your car. And then you make $1 fatal mistake you look at your favorite booth and someone's waving at you trying to get your attention and you make eye contact there's no escaping now and as you look closer you see it's Jesus and now he's beckoning you over to the table and you know it's for you it can't be anyone else and so you just look down really quick and you say no not today any other day but today And then you paste on that fake smile and you look at him and you you wave back and you make your way over. And he says, why don't you sit down with me? And you put both hands firmly on the chair as if to say, not today. I don't have time today. And so you tell him, Jesus, I would love to, but I'm I'm just so busy. There's so many things. I have so much on my to-do list. I have so many deadlines I have to meet and my kids have stuff after school and I got to get them there. Jesus, it's it's just a busy day maybe another time. Now, you know, this isn't quite true. It's true that you have all these things going on. It's true that your schedule is, is full, but what's not true is you actually don't remember the last time when your schedule wasn't like this. You don't remember the last time when there actually was some margin to stop and actually just sit down and have a real heart to heart with anybody. Now, Jesus, he just keeps talking and now you're starting to get kind of frustrated and fidgety because there's so much to do. So you pull out your phone. You actually respond to a couple of business emails. You check your watch. You're trying to give him some cues that you need to go. You're watching the clock over his shoulder and the seconds just keep ticking away. And you're losing more and more and more time. And he doesn't seem to notice. So finally you can't help but You just blurt it out. Jesus, haven't you been stressed out before? Don't you get what's going on in my life? There's so many things and so many pressures. I have to go. What don't you get about this? And then something very strange happens. The noise in the cafe comes to a halt. And the clock you've been looking at with the seconds ticking away stops. And you look around and no one's moving except for you and Jesus. He says, sit down. I want to tell you a story. And so you sit down and he he does something very strange. He actually pulls out a Bible, which of course you think is very bizarre because he's literally the point of the Bible, right? He's the encapsulation of the stories in the Bible. And so it's so bizarre that he took out a Bible. He says, I want to read you a story. And I know you think it's weird because I could just tell you the story, but I love how it's written in this specific gospel. See, it's written by a guy named Luke, and and Luke was a medical doctor. He understood the strains of life, whether it's emotional or physical or spiritual. He got what anxiety was. He got what stress was. And I love how he records my story. And so Jesus begins to flip through the pages until he lands on Luke 22. And he begins to read you this piece of history. He came out and went, as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. So right away, we, we step into a story of Christ, right? a piece of his story, a piece of his history, and he's going to a place called the Mount of Olives. Now, the Mount of Olives was like a, a park or a resort. It was a place outside Jerusalem where people would go when they were stressed out, right? when the noise was too much in the city. They could get away. There's, there was less people there. When it was hot in the city, they could go to the Mount of Olives and there would be shade. It was just a nice place for people to escape the hustle and bustle of life. And this is how Jesus used it as well. In fact, sometimes, not only would he go and use it for a day or an afternoon or a moment in his life, sometimes he would spend the whole night there. You see, he would go there when he was stressed, when he was strained. And actually, in this moment in his story, this was the pinnacle of his stress. You see, just before this, he had experienced something that we now call the Last Supper, so he spent time with his disciples and he, he made this bold proclamation that one of them was going to betray him. And so he was dealing with that anxiety and that stress of the realization that, that one of his closest friends was going to turn his back on him. He'd also told the disciples many, many times, but he really uh, pointed directly at this time that he was going to die. He was going to die. But before that happened, Peter was going to deny him. And then when he died, his disciples would leave him. They would lose hope and they would run away. And Jesus knew what was coming. He could see the future. He knew that he was going to be whipped and mocked and crucified and all the sins of the world were going to fall upon him. He was stressed out. So he went to the place where he had gone many, many times before when the anxiety and difficulties of life came bearing down on him. He went to the Mount of Olives. But he wasn't there alone. The Bible tells that the disciples followed him. You see, this was be, to be expected because disciples were students of a teacher. He was the teacher. And they would actually follow him around all the time, 24-7. See, their goal was to become exactly like their master. So they'd watch him eat breakfast. They'd watch him do everything in life. They'd watch him teach and talk to people and interact with people and deal with everything that life forces us to deal with, including anxiety. And so they followed him there in this moment of trial and the moment of stress. They wanted to see what he was going to do. And this is what happened. When he reached the place, he said to them, pray that you may not come into the time of trial. So Jesus, when he arrives, he begins to teach. He says, I want you guys to pray. Pray. You see, this is what Jesus knew about these disciples. Not only was he stressed, but they were stressed. You see, he had just told them that one of them would betray him. Now, they didn't know yet who that was, and they were wondering, is it me? Is there something in my heart that would lead me to do that? To turn on Jesus? To turn on my Lord? And there was a form of stress that was building within them. Peter had been told point blank that he was going to deny Christ three times. He could hardly believe it, but that stress and that strain was on his heart. All the disciples have been told multiple times now that Jesus was going to die. They hadn't quite believed it, but he kept saying it. And they wonder if it was true. I mean, he even told them that when he died, they would all run away. These disciples were stressed out. So Jesus took them to the place where people would let their stress go. And he tells them to do something very, very specific. He says, I want you to pray. You see, Jesus knows that every one of us copes with stress in some way. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But he says, I want you guys to pray so that you don't come into the time of trial. So that you don't actually cope with this in an unhealthy way. Because humans, we have such a way of dealing with stress that is so damaging, even more damaging than the stress in our life. Well, the story continues. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. So Jesus moves about thirty yards from his disciples, just far enough so they can still hear him and still see him, but just far enough so he can kind of get away. Right, get away, get some peace, get get a space to just rest. And he begins to do what he just told them to do. He begins to pray. Now, he does it in a way that doesn't seem too foreign to us. He kneels down. But in that day, this would be very bizarre. In fact, it would catch the disciples' attention. Because in that day, a a Jewish person, which is what Jesus was, would stand and pray. You wouldn't kneel and pray. You would stand and pray. But Jesus was under so much strain and so much stress that he, he physically dropped to his knees to pray. And this is what he said. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus begins to pray and he uses this word, Father. He actually starts this prayer just like he he taught us to pray, right? In the Lord's Prayer, he starts that with Father as well. See, he starts from a posture of a recognition that God the Father is a good father. That God the Father loves him, loves us. That God the Father is, is for us. And so he's going to pour his heart out to somebody that he trusts. Somebody that he knows loves him. And so he just becomes so transparent. He says, take this cup from me. Take this stress and this strain and this anxiety that I have in the palm of my hand. Please take it from me. Take away the stress of my disciples walking away. Losing hope. Take away the stress of Peter, one of my best friends, denying me three times. Take away the stress of Judas betraying me. Take away the stress of the whipping and mockery and death on a cross. Take away the stress and strain of the sin of the world upon my shoulders. God, I don't want this. It's too much. It's unbearable. If you can do anything, Take this from me. But then he says these words. He says, but not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus knew this about you and, and knew this about his humanity. There were some limitations there. See, God the Father is painting this, this beautiful masterpiece that we can't see, we can't understand. And, and someday we will, but we, we never will in this life. And all we see is a brushstroke. A brushstroke that we don't understand, that we don't like, that that we don't want. But Jesus knew that God had had the full understanding of what was happening. He he had a full understanding of of why all these things actually could result in something good. He says, not my will, but yours. God, if you can do something with this cup, if you can do something with this stress, if you can do something with this strain, this anxiety, then do it. I don't understand it, but do it. And God responds. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. You see, God had given his answer. He sent an angel to strengthen Jesus. Jesus. Now, the reason I say God has given his answer is because if God had just taken it away, the angel wouldn't have been necessary. If God would have taken the cup and said, okay, Judas won't betray you, Peter won't deny you, disciples won't leave you, you don't have to go to the cross, you won't be whipped and ridiculed, you don't have to take on the sin of the world, then Jesus would have felt great release. He would have stood up and, and walked away. But instead, God sent an angel to strengthen him. God sent an angel to comfort him. God sent an angel to Jesus to say, you're going to go through this. You need to go through this. I have a bigger plan. But as you go through this stress and this strain, I'm going to go through it with you. The story continues. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. You see, when Jesus knew that he was going to have to go through all these things, experience all these things, it was overwhelming. He was stressed out. And so he began to pray even more earnestly. He began to give his concerns, his fear, his anxiety to God the Father. In fact, he was so overwhelmed that his body started working against him. He started experiencing something that that your doctor would call hematidrosis, which is when you don't have any cuts or any injuries, but you're so overwhelmed with life that your body actually begins to ooze blood. Jesus was the epitome of stressed out. Well, the story continues. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. So Jesus got done praying. He had given it to the Father. He he was ready to get up. He was ready to move forward. He was ready to do what he needed to do. So he gets up. He makes his way back the 30 yards to the disciples, and he finds them sleeping. Now, it's not because they're indifferent. It's not because they don't love him. It's not because they don't care. Luke records it in, in such an important way. Luke says they were asleep because of their grief. They were so emotionally exhausted the way that they decide to cope with it was by sleeping. In fact, isn't this how we cope with a lot of stress in our lives? We just ignore it, right? If I can just kick the can down the road, if I can just sleep through this, maybe when I get up, it will be gone. Maybe it'll just be dealt with. Now, of course, that's never true. Sometimes we deal with it like this, right? If I just drink enough and ignore it long enough, maybe it'll just go away, but it never does. And we cope with stress in very unhealthy ways. We do things to just kind of Ignore it. Avoid it. So Jesus says, this is not the way I want you to do it. In fact, he says these words. Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. So Jesus gets them up and says, why are you sleeping? That's not going to do anything. I know you're stressed out. I know you're anxious. But this is what I want you to do when you're experiencing stuff like this. I want you to get up and pray. Pray. I want you to pray. I want you to cope with it in a healthy way so you don't cope with it like this. You don't cope with it in an unhealthy way. So you find yourself back at the cafe, and Jesus takes that Bible he's been reading to you from, and he shuts it, and he puts it to the side. And he looks over at you, and he asks you this question. Do you understand Now you feel obligated to say yes, even though you're not really sure if you fully understand. And so you give him a nod, but it's kind of one of those sheepish nods, like, I I think so. Now he can read your heart and he can read your mind. So he understands that you don't quite get it. So He says, let me explain. Let me explain what I mean. Let me explain what I want you to understand. You will always have stress and anxiety in your life. You will always have it in some form in your life. But sometimes, that's a good thing. You see, remember when you were in elementary school and your teacher gave you that deadline for that project? Wasn't that stress or anxiety or that tension? Wasn't it that that, that, that moved you forward to complete that project? And when you turned in that project, didn't that just release all that stress and anxiety? You had found your success. You had done what you were supposed to do. Do you remember that? And you nod. So remember when you went to college and your professor laid that thick syllabus on your desk and right away you were completely overwhelmed. You didn't think you could get through it, but it was that tension. It was that stress. It was that anxiety, that, that worry that actually moved you forward to complete that class, to get that degree, to get you where you needed to go. Isn't that deadline that your boss gave you this past week, what's driving you forward to find success in your job? So sometimes stress can be a good thing. But sometimes stress can be very, very bad. You see, sometimes we try to control the uncontrollable. And we get anxious and stressed out about things we should never be worrying about. We worry about our future. We worry about a sickness we can't control. We worry about the weather. We worry about all sorts of things that we can't do anything about. And in those cases, It's very, very, very bad. You see, when we try to control the uncontrollable, we take on anxiety we were never meant to hold. We hold a cup we were never meant to grasp. And Jesus says, in those moments, you give the uncontrollable to the one who can control everything. You pray. And right now you're trying to understand it and you're kind of getting it. And Jesus has kind of gotten you to the point where you understand how to really deal with stress, how you really understand stress, that he understands you. He says, God uses stress for your benefit. You see, there's a deadline on your life and the clock is ticking away every second and God has something for you to do and that's meant to move you forward. But as he moves you forward through life, there's also things that you're trying to control that you were never meant to control. You need to give those to God through prayer. And then he says, do you understand? And this time you nod because you actually do understand. And as you nod, you begin to cry and Jesus makes his way over to you. And you begin to tell him all the things that you're holding that you were never meant to hold, and you begin to pour your heart out to Jesus, and He embraces you, and He hugs you, and He loves you. And it seems like a million years, but it also seems like a second, and finally He lets go, and He looks at you and says, Now go do what you need to do. And the clock just over His shoulder begins to tick again. The restaurant noise, it, it builds, and the people start moving. And you grab your food, it's still hot, and you make your way out. As you walk out that door towards your car, you have a simple prayer on your lips. God, give me the wisdom and strength to deal with the things I need to deal with. And give me the wisdom to give to you what only you can deal with. Everyone's eyes are shifted side to side And I